Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and it is a great day because once again, sitting across from me, across the table here in The Pew, is my good friend, my co-host, and my cohort, Victor Adams. And it's going to be back. You know, there's no ransom money that was for me. So (laughs) So digging Jeff did not kidnap me or anything like that. It's just we schedules have been the issue, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean we're our kids are busy with sports and work and everything else. Yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on at home and your mother in law and things well, like that. You traveling too, which yeah. is great for the ministry. So um it is a miracle that we're here today. Really yeah. it is. I was just yeah. hoping he cracked the windows if he really did. Yeah. <laughs> it's kinda hot out there ninety eight degrees, <laughs> man. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. But no, I'm glad you're back, man. I as I've said on here a bunch of times, I mean it's great to have guests and people pop in when you can't mm-hmm. be here, but there's nobody I'd rather do this with. So I'm glad you're here, man. I'm glad you're back and excited to to jump into another show here. Um but first I wanna just Tell everybody again once more about the pilgrimage to Italy. Guys, this is going to be amazing. I mean, the more and more I think about it, the places we're going to get to go and the fact that it's happening in the in the year of the National Eucharistic Revival, right? They're going to have the 80,000 people uh, meet in Indianapolis here in the United States for this Eucharistic Revival and that we're going a month before that to uh, a pilgrimage to Italy to the site of numerous Eucharistic miracles is just, it hit me the other day. I was like, wow, what perfect timing the Lord has. And so a lot of people that have signed up, they've mentioned that. They've said, I've wanted to just engage in the Eucharist uh, outside of just the daily Mass and things. I wanted to to dive deeper into that and what a great opportunity it is to go to another country and be at the place of these Eucharistic miracles. Plus, walk in the footsteps of great saints like St. Francis, St. Clair, St. Ignatius, St. Augustine, St. Peter, St. Paul, St. Padre Pio, uh, Blessed Carlos Acutis, St. Catherine of Siena. There's so many people that we're going to walk in their footsteps. And and guys, let's just put it straight up. Italy's beautiful from what I hear. It's going to be it's an amazing country with amazing food and drink and everything else. Select always puts us up in the best places. The priest we're going with, Father Joe, lived there for 23 years. He's going to be an amazing spiritual director. So if you're thinking about going Register today. You can do that by going to justagownthepew.com. We have an events and book me link at the top. Once you click that, you can go in the middle of the page. You'll see the flyer, and it'll take you right to where you can find out more about the trip. Uh, all the places we're going, Rome, Assisi, Lanciano, Laredo, Orvito, uh, Pompeii, uh, gosh, Isla Capri, Sorrento, San Giovanni. We're going to all of these amazing places. You can find out more of it there on our website. Um, but there's about 30 people signed up, so we're limited in space now. It's That's in a couple of weeks of signing up or, or the registration going live. So, folks, if you're interested in going, you need to act now because it's filling up every day with more people that want to go. So, again, you can sign up to go with us and travel with us either through Select International Travel. You can look them up, Google them, and then they have a search bar on the top. You can put in my name. It'll take you right to our page where you can look at the PDF or download it about the trip, and you can register online right there too, and all of it's done online throughout the whole process. That's another thing I really enjoy about working with them. Or you can go to our website and search it on our events and and book me page. But guys, ladies, we want as many of you to come with us as as possible. We're going to have one bus. We hope to fill it. So we can have a great time and just really enjoy these Eucharistic miracles and walking again in the footsteps of such great saints. So 
Go again to those sites and join us. Uh, you know, on top of that, the other thing I want to cover again is our work with these men's groups. It just blows me away, Victor. Just every day there's submissions coming in from parishes saying, we want you to come in, diocese. I just feel more blessed than ever because two years ago, if somebody asked me three years ago, what do you want to do in the ministry? Bring people to Jesus, put out a podcast a week, and speak at some places, and I don't know beyond that. But God really has built this vision. He's handed it to us to be modern-day St. Paul's, to put boots on the ground and go into parishes, and that's what we're doing. You know, I mean, the missions are growing in their attendance. These groups are growing in size. And the opportunities are there. And we've been able to bring on Maggie now, who is our uh, administrative assistant and in, in, uh, event coordinator, who's walking alongside these parishes. And we're really putting more emphasis on the training and everything on the front end so that these men are ready to go after we do the mission for the men and women of the parish to launch that men's group. And so... You know, we've also brought on a director of development that's out there helping us raise money now because we need to bring on staff. And that's what we're going to be doing over the next year is just discerning and hoping that Billy can do the job that we brought him on for and, and that the Lord will, will help people be generous so we can go out and staff up and really meet the need. We've got over 60 parishes that have contacted us right now about coming and then three dioceses that have over 400 parishes, Victor. So obviously I can't do that by myself. Uh, we want to continue to grow and build these places, and it's just such a blessing to talk to these men each and every day to have a heart that say, look, I don't want just the beer drinking and the hanging out thing. I don't want just the service thing. I want this wholeness of a man approach where we get to do all of it. Mm-hmm. And, and more importantly, these men are looking for real relationship, right? They want accompaniment, and that's what we specialize in doing is accompanying a parish through the process, accompanying those men and helping them find leaders, and then being with them through the mission and then finally through uh, as long as they need us after the process. So if you're interested in starting a men's group, if you're somebody that's been listening to this forever and you're like, I need to, I feel a calling to do it, then make the decision to do it. Go to our website at justaguyonthepew.com. Click the button on filling out a men's group, you know, on, on how to start a men's group. You'll fill out the form. You'll get in contact with Maggie and then with me, and we'll get a, a plan together, and we'll help come to your parish and start something where there's nothing or help revitalize something that is falling off due to COVID or whatever other reasons there are. But look, we need ministry to men of our parishes and in our families and in our church and in our world. If we don't have it, we really have no right to complain about the way the world's going because God made men to stand up in the forefront to protect the family, the church, and the world from the things that are going on, and we're simply not doing that. And so we're putting all of our time and effort into helping raise up men that are willing to do that so they can raise other men, they can accompany them, and make disciples. So again, go to our website at justagoutinthepew.com, check out the homepage, or go to the events and book me page and fill out the forms there. We'd be glad to come to your area. So Vic, like I said, it's been a minute, man, uh, since we were in here together, so I'm excited to have this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you were asking me you know, what we thought we might talk about, and it's just been a whirlwind, you know. Like you said, Jacob's got football. The girls have volleyball. We've had a daughter sick the last three days. Angela's, you know, covered and alligators from her job and from uh, from her school and, and and trying to be a good wife and a good mother. And it's just been a lot, you know. And then adding in your personal things too. You have a lot going on. So, you know, we got a show in with Deacon Jeff. We got a couple with Bart and Bob when the healing the whole person, which was another thing that took a lot of time and planning, but. Now I just I had a few days to finally just take a breath mm-hmm. uh, and calm down. Now that we've had these people in the ministry and they're starting to work their right. their their jobs, and it's lightening up a little bit of the load on me. And as I was sitting there and praying, I was just like, Lord, what do you, you know, what do you want me to talk about? And I had a couple of emails come in, and recently at a few of our events, you know, guys are always coming up and going, 
man, I keep making the same mistakes. You know, and we've talked about repetitive sins and habitual sin and all that stuff. But guys are like, I just continue to fall, and, and I'm, I'm struggling when I fall. Like, how do I get out of that? What do I do? How do I handle my fall, my mm-hmm. my falls? How do I get past my mistakes? And and you know, how do I how do I deal with those mistakes and move forward out of it? Because Victor, you know as well as I do. I mean, we're not perfect, and we make mistakes. And a lot of times, when you continue to make the same one, you just you beat up on yourself and you get down. And you're like, geez. When am I ever going to be rid of this? Or when is this never going to be a problem in my life? Or why do I keep doing this? And we can get in some very bad places. And and it's just, you know, none of us are perfect. As I said, you know, Romans 3.23 says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing we need to recognize. But, you know, every one of us hates setbacks. And every one of us hates the fact that we continue to be set back in the same few ways that we do. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk, you know, talk to you about today and get in here because I know that we both have had those places in our life and there's a lot of people struggling out there like probably right now listening to this going I'm sick of doing the same thing I'm sick of 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 showing my wife and my kids I'm the same guy no matter how many times I try to be better what do I do so that's where I want to jump in today and I know you got some thoughts on that too well I mean you know sometimes we find ourselves suffering in our mistakes to yeah. where it, it happens one time, but yet we relive it over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And if we do it to somebody else, they relive it over and over and over again. So the combination of when a mistake happens in involving other people, uh, it, it can be a difficult uh, part to, to overcome. Yeah. And, and really what a mistake is, it's a lack of concern for others. Usually when I make a mistake, I'm thinking of only myself. Yeah, and, and when I do that, I operate in a selfish mode, and and I don't think of what how this will affect somebody else, or how I would be perceived, or or what the secondary nature of that decision would be, uh, and and we've all been there. We've all made mistakes. If we do like an inventory of our most recent mistake, we can identify where it led up to. You yeah. know, we were saying this before in other shows that usually there's something that leads up to that mistake. Yeah, that there's there's several. Um, I guess lines in the sand that we cross and, and the Holy Spirit and God's kind of saying, hey, this is not who you are. Yeah, you're getting this off It's not the where you're supposed to yeah. be. You know, and, and, and sometimes we, we, we listen and we catch ourselves, and sometimes we don't, and then that's where the, the fall comes. That's a mistake begins to kind of be the, the tumbleweed of our lives. So. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. You know, when we continue to fall in the same ways, we get we get hyper focused on that fall, right? Mm-hmm. We we don't look at the surrounding things like you talked about, what led to it, what's going to come after it. We just focus on that fall, and that's what the devil wants us to do. You know, he wants you to go, "Yep, look, you did it again. You're not ever going to be any better than that, right?" And and really, what these falls are is when we choose sin over God. You know, and when we're choosing sin, we're choosing our own selfish desires over the desire God has for us, the good and holy desires that God has for us. And but the thing is, like we can't concentrate on the fall. It's just like if you're in a boxing max match, you know, and you get hit in the face, and you, mm-hmm. you catch a good one, and you wind up on the mat. You if you lay there, the thing's over, the fight's over with. But if you have the wherewithal to go, I don't know how that happened. I don't know where it came from, but I'm going to start trying to learn. For all I got to do right now is just get back up, mm-hmm. right, and, and 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 be ready to start learning from it and figuring it out. That's where we need to be. But for most of us, like we we. We, we concentrate on the fall instead of concentrating, okay, now what do we do afterwards? And when we do that, we stay in that same place, and we get in a rut, and we don't move forward, and the devil just continues to convict us, and we get in bad places. And so it's really not just about focusing on the fall. It's like, okay, something happened that nobody wanted. My wife didn't want, my kids didn't want, I didn't want, my friends didn't want, God certainly didn't want. But 
if I stay here, I'm looking in the wrong direction. I'm looking backwards. How am I going to move forward? And and the thing is, it's it, you know that's the question. What are we going to do about it? And how are we going to handle that? And and how we handle it has everything to do with whether or not we grow in virtue or we start to impede our own growth in our own spiritual life. And and you know basically, when you look at how do I deal with a fall, you have three options, right? You have option one, which is blame somebody else. And that's a favorite of a lot of people. We'll jump into that one in a second. Two, you have self-condemnation, mm-hmm. right? Where I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to, you know, have this self-pity or obviously it's a version of pride too, where it's all about you and your lack of being able to be the person you want to be. And it's it's all pride in the end, but like you go into that space of self-condemnation or you, you start holding yourself accountable and you look to change. And so those are the three places. And, and usually the way, Victor, this plays out is the order we mentioned them in. Right. Like something happens, everybody goes, oh, you know, bleep, whatever. Yeah. Who did it? Whose fault was it? And you look and you go, well, let's just say for porn. You know, I've heard so many guys go, well, if my wife would just sleep with me more, if my wife would love me the way that I want to be loved, then I wouldn't be in there watching the porn. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's not really – that's not fair, mm-hmm. right? Like that's not – First of all, we've said it on here, your head's not going to explode if that doesn't happen in your life, right? Like we have plenty right. of people that are chased in this world that haven't died from not, you know, having sexual encounters. But like we can look at that example and go, well, it's easy to blame somebody else, but really, why what are you seeking in your life through that, right? And so we blame other people because it's just easier and it's usually how we first react. Oh, well, I mean, you're right. I mean, but how we react to, to how we feel or how we 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 harm other people, like you said. We we play the the uh, blame game. We can either gaslight the person, yeah. or be defensive, or or say, "Well, you knew, you knew this was coming." Sure, and just and, and be just and walk off. But like I said, the stronger part of yourself and the, and the I guess the true sense of who you are, who you're, you're born to be, was to be accountable. Yeah, to say you're right. That's something I've done. I'm sorry. I harmed you. I've harmed us. You know. Um, or to your boss, or whatever relationship that you're working with, coworkers, your spouse, friendships, whatever, to to see the fault that you led to, and to take accountability is the quickest way to heal a, a, yeah. a relationship that's been like not damaged, not broken, but just like just strained in a sense because there's something that happened that needs to be discussed and, and worked through. Um, but but for for a lot of us, I think it's so hard for us to be accountable. If we're not tied into who we really are in our faith, yeah, um, because it's so easy, like you said, to just to be dismissive of it and in that relationship and then walk away and do something else, yeah. And that's when you have so many people who are broken inside because they 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 want things, but they don't know that they're the cause of their own uh, crises in their lives. Yeah. And, and and what you're talking about is identifying mistakes they happen, but also come to the conclusion that I am also capable of preventing the mistakes sure and i think that's what we're talking about is like yeah. we need to prevent from doing it over and over and over again and and find that sense of accountability and growth after that yeah you have to take action right. but i mean blaming is the natural easiest thing for me i mean look what eve did when she bit the apple and then god shows up like you know she yeah. points at the snake and then adam points at her and you know they all start blaming each other right. it's like i'm their leader which way'd they go and he should have like told the snake to get the heck out of here. Yeah, yeah. Stop talking to her. It was always like, look what you did. You got me in trouble now. But no, you had a choice. You didn't have to receive that apple. You didn't have to buy it out of it, whether she did or not, right? Like, 
And so the blame thing is natural to us because we want to shift responsibility. Why? Because then we don't feel the weight of the guilt of what mm-hmm. we've done. Right? It's like, nope, that's your deal. That's not. And that's sometimes I've seen people in life and we have all these mindset coaches and things like that. They're like, you worry about you and not the other person. And that's where it's dangerous because you can turn around and go, well, I'm not going to let anything ever be my fault because then that would make me feel Mm -hmm. as if I'm guilty or I'm a terrible person and I can't have that. I'm just going to like, that's your thing to deal with over there. And it's like, no, that's not who God asked you to be. He says to love, right? To love first and foremost, your God and your neighbor. And you can't do that when you're blaming somebody else. Now, sure. Is there a circumstance where like somebody ran a light and ran into your car and wrecked it and it was their fault? Sure. But if you're talking about something where you've fallen into sin, at some point in that sin, you you had a choice and you said yes, right? And so just to put it on somebody else is is not what the Lord asked us to do. And, mm-hmm. and honestly, even though it's usually how we react, after a while, once guilt sets in, whether we admit it or not, we straight hate we, we we head straight to self condemnation mm-hmm. because we realize, and then guess what? You have even more guilt because you blame somebody. You know it wasn't really their fault. It was just the easiest thing to do, so you didn't have to feel the weight of the of of the pain of the decision in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so you shift it off. But then guess what happens? You may go do something else and feel better for 10, 15 minutes, and you think about it, you're like man. I really just dumped that all over that person, and that's not right to make myself feel better, but I don't feel better now. It's just like when you do give it into impurity of self, right? You go back there, well, I've got an itch that needs to be scratched, and I'll feel better when that itch is scratched, and you don't. You never do. You feel worse. And, you know, I can't believe I let that happen. I can't believe I did this, and you have the the emotional weight that comes after that. And that's what happens is, like, when we blame somebody else, eventually that gift shifts back to us. Mm-hmm. And then we go straight into like, I'm a terrible person now, not only because I sin, but because I also try to hang it on somebody else. And I feel the guilt of that. And so too many of us are choosing those options. And when we get to that number two options, when we really get in a dangerous place, that's self-condemnation, because it's like we start taking a baseball bat to ourselves. I'm never going to be better than this. I'm a piece of garbage. Uh, you know, I'm pitiful. There's no help for me. I mean, it, it's it's really what self-condemnation leads to. And it really is like the devil goes, here you go, and hands you a baseball bat, and then he watches mm-hmm. you and sits back and laughs as you beat the fire out of yourself for years, possibly. I mean, I've known some people that have not let stuff go for years and have let that keep them in a place where they've pulled completely out of a relationship with families, with people they love, especially with God, like I'm not good enough. And it's a dangerous place to be and because it leads you to beating up yourself, refusing to forgive yourself, right? There is no forgiveness for me. And and who are you to, to tell God who he can forgive and who he can't, right? You're taking the role of God in your life, mm-hmm. which is a very dangerous thing. Um, you make agreements with the devil. Next thing you know, like you start agreeing with him, you're a piece of garbage. You're going to continue to do this. You're never any better than this. And you start going, yeah, you're, you're right. I'm not. And you start digging yourself a hole, but then you start reaching back up and knocking the dirt out off of the ground back into the hole to bury yourself. You wind up, and what happens with that? Now I'm covered up. I'm giving up hope. I'm losing hope. I'm giving up. I, I don't think there's a shot for me to be any better. And then you start making excuses, right? Well, I might as well do it because I can't be any better. When I try to be better, I fall anyway, so why fight it? I'm just going to go give in to drinking too much or doing too many drugs or watching porn or being you know, constantly angry or, or, or living in unforgiveness, whatever it may be, and we give in to it. And, man, it leads to procrastination. What happens is we waste so much time of our life and we spend it in a living hell 
because we're putting off the fact that we could change because we've right. convinced ourselves that we can't. And St. Augustine has something to say about that. He says, God has promised forgiveness to your repentance, but he has not promised tomorrow to your procrastination. Mm-hmm. And that's what we don't know what's going to happen to us. We could get hit by a bus tomorrow, right? We could be struck by lightning. Our, our ticker could give out any time. And when we sit in that self-condemnation, we're, we're voluntarily separating ourselves from God, even if it doesn't feel like it. We're choosing to do that and to wallow in that place. And you're, you're further removing yourself from the chance at eternity and, and really becoming a person that nobody wants to be around in your life, right? When you're, you're constantly like Eeyore in your life, woe is me, woe is me, I'm making the same mistakes. Eventually your wife, your kids, your friends are going to look at you and go, do something about it. Mm-hmm. And if you won't, then guess what? Well, I guess we can't be with you anymore. Or I, I just I can't be around this negativity in my life. And this is the danger we feel when we when we we don't handle our falls correctly, when we're not, you know, dealing with our mistakes and we're not getting past them. Right. What that leads to is a choking of our own spirit to where we, we separate ourselves from God's spirit. Yeah. And therefore by self isolating ourselves from the faith and from God, from prayer, from rosary, from reading, you know, like you said, we we will debase ourselves even more. You know, we'll 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 be desolate. And, yeah. and that is not a good place to be. I mean, I think if anyone's listening can be, they've, they've probably been somewhere like that in life Yeah. before they, they found God again in their lives. And, and that is a lonely place to be. Yeah. And, and God doesn't want us to, to wallow there, doesn't want us to, to think that we deserve you know, a lot for, for everywhere, for all time, to be in a place where we don't love ourselves. And um, the greatness of what God's love is, the mercy and the grace— and forgiveness, which are the most difficult things for us to understand, yeah. Because we don't, we don't understand, we don't understand ourselves, our own lives. Because, you know, when we do something wrong or someone does something wrong to us, you know, how easy it to, is it to forgive? Yeah. And how easy it is to say, "I'm sorry." To really forgive, right? Right. Yeah. And and we know this; it's not an easy place, but that comes from within our heart, our soul, and and by by not choking ourselves off by like. Like you said, to to wallow in a place where we we see ourselves as a negative, bad person, you know, that's not who we need to be, and that's who yeah. we should not, should not be. So, if you're listening and you're in a place like that right now, man, there is hope. You know, yeah. there is there is the hope of of God's love, and I mean, just just start reading right now. You know, start praying. You know, God, open my life, open my life to to feel you again as I once was when I was young. And, and I think that's why this ministry is so important because a lot of us have so much like trauma yeah uh, and and the mistakes on top of that layered layered trauma is the new terminology I've been finding out yeah is that we have trauma from our childhood trauma from from our midlife crisis and, and then right. we didn't deal with that one and right. that's a big ball of trauma exactly yeah. so it's, it's, it's a stack of cards on top of a stack of cards so um, pull that card out and, and deal with it and say, I'm, I, I'm better than I think I am. Right. And God loves And me. get out of the condemnation yeah. before you're in it too long because, like, that's the real danger is it begins to shape your identity, right, like in a negative way. I'm never going to be more than this. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. You know, I remember feeling like that when I was sitting on a couch at 2 in the morning in my living room, you know, shoving lines of cocaine up my nose and on my 23rd beer and on my way to, to watching porn. You know, and I just thought, well, who am I going to be without? This? Like, what am I going to do without this? And same thing. Like, if you're angry, like, well, I don't, what, I don't know how to be happy. What am I going to do if I'm not mad mm-hmm. all the time? Like, this is just who I am. And you start to identify with those emotions, and it starts to shape who you are because you simply have not gotten off the mat. You've just, you've given up and laid there, and just said, this is, this is what my life's going to be. And 
my brothers and sisters, as Victor was saying, like that's not at all who you're, how your life's going to be. Jesus didn't come and die so you could lay there in the mud and just say, this is all that life is, is ever going to be for me. No, I mean, he's the light that shines into that darkness and pulls you out of that situation. But you got to raise up, but that takes part of you doing it. Mm-hmm. Jesus extends the hand, but you have to grab it. Right, like when you're hearing that ref count the ten count, you got to get up. Like it's it, the ref's not going to come over there and pick you up and go, "All right, you ready to fight again?" You have to start you know, grinning and bearing and getting up, and it's hard. Like a lot of people have been in terrible, terrible places, and you may be going, "John, that's easy for you to say." Look, it wasn't easy to deal with a wife that was hurt and angry and didn't believe anything I ever, you know, was trying to do to be different. It wasn't easy to 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 tell myself every day I'm really becoming somebody different because everything in me was telling me, "No, you're not," and and you're just going to slide right backwards. It was hard. It was hard looking at, at my in laws who 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 looked like they hated me. You know, it was. It was hard to look in the disappointment of my children. It, it's those things are difficult, but if you let that stuff beat you back, mm-hmm. then you don't ever get to the point where you you could change all of that, right? And you really have that power, but but if you don't, you say that cond- condemnation, then it robs you of grace and your power to choose, right? And you just start believing there is no other option. But that's the thing, Victor. I mean, there is another option, and it's holding yourself accountable. And what does that mean? I mean, choosing to hold yourself accountable means taking responsibility for your actions, right? Like, look, this happened again, but I'm not going to wallow in this happens all the time. I'm going to look at it and say, you know what? This is where I was today. This is what happened. What am I going to do about it? Right? That's what accountability is. It lends itself to change and growth, which is what people are looking for. Is like, how do I be? How am I different? Well, you got to start actually looking at why you wound up in the place you wound up and. And the thing about accountability is it allows you to feel disappointed in yourself, but it doesn't allow you to live there, right? Like, I'm, man, I hate that this happened, but I'm not going to sit there in the fact that I hate that it happened. I'm going to start turning myself to the direction of like, I don't want this to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. So now there's there's something that I have to be accountable for. Like, what am I going to do differently? And that's the thing. It's like when you go into confession, you can go in there all day long and, and receive mercy and go, okay, I feel better. But if you don't take seriously that, like, I, I'm, I'm now making uh, the choice to amend my life and sin no more, like, that's accountability. Right. I'm not just going to just go, well, you know, I'll see you in a week, Father, for the same thing. It's what am I going to do to ensure that I don't wind up putting myself in the same place? And, you know, we used the example earlier of drinking and porn and all that stuff because a lot of guys are struggling with that, and I have in my life. If you know drinking, you know, six beers is going to get you to a point where your cognitive function is impaired and you're going to be more susceptible to do things you wouldn't do without being under the influence, then you got to look at that. Right? If 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 um if if your life is going to be a living hell because you simply forget like you 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 refuse to forgive somebody for something they said about you, then then you know that you're always going to be in that place and that's where you got to make those decisions to change and you know Amending your life turns your viewpoint away from self-condemnation and back towards self-assessment. And that's where you start asking yourself the important questions you were talking about earlier, Victor, like, you know, why, what, where, when, like, what, what is going on with all this? And, you know, what were the circumstances? Like, that's the how. Like, how did this happen to me? Instead of going, here I am again, how did I get here? What led to this? What were my emotions before I made this decision? Again, did I make choices that impaired my ability to make good decisions? You know, whether it's drugs, alcohol, things like that. Did I let other people influence me? 
Like, that's not blaming other people, but that's assessing the situation. How did I get to this place where, again, I'm on the mat? You know, what environment was I in? What choices led to the fall? That's the how. And then you've got why. You know, why did I choose? Like, because temptation is always that point of a cross in the road, right? It's a crossroads. I have a way I go that I know is going to lead me to Jesus and keep me on the straight and narrow, or... I have the way of, of giving into self where I'm going to fall and I know what comes with that. But like, why did I choose to give in? What was I looking for? As you said earlier, what was the desire I was trying to meet? And what are the places of hurt that I'm trying to numb, right? Like what, did, what were the, what was this sin? What was the hope if I chose this sin? What was the hope that it would do for me? Right? Because if we don't start to look at that stuff and we just go, well, I did it again and I'm going to get a confession mm-hmm. and I'm going to get better, you're going to be in this never ending cycle of I feel grace filled for five seconds and then I feel terrible and then I feel grace filled and you're going to be in the same muck doing the same sins and the same things all the time. But you know, that's the last thing is like what you ask yourself again, what triggered the fall? What am I going to do about it now? What do I, you know, what have I assessed now that it happened and what are the steps I'm going to take to prevent it? Right. And if that means like I got to stop hanging out with this group of friends or, or I got to start watching this certain thing on TV or I got to quit, you know, uh, putting things into my body that change the way I see things. Like that's the decisions we have to make. And that's what accountability is. And guess what it leads to is repentance and forgiveness and grace and the opportunity to be different. But we have to start having that spiritual maturity. And that's really what it is to choose the better part and to say, you know what, now i got to make the hard decisions. I'm not going to give myself a pass anymore just because, oh, I went out and, you know, I've been too stressed out of work and I went out and had too good of a time and I just made a mistake. No, you chose wrongly again. Mm-hmm. And you've done it over and over again. So what are you going to do about it now to make sure that you don't happen? And I'm talking to myself as much as I am to you or me because I've been to confession to anybody on the on the radio that is or that's listening to this because I've been to confession a lot for the same thing over and over again lately and I'm tired of doing it. And I'm having to look and go, okay, you know why, but are you man enough to change that behavior? Are you man enough to sit down and do the hard things? Because Jesus didn't promise us Christianity was going to be easy. He said it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. He wasn't just talking about people that were going to be mean to you because you're talking about him. Mm-hmm. He's talking about that battle you have to fight within yourself and how difficult that really is. But that accountability will return that choice and that power back to you and reorient your identity to the proper place. And then ultimately, you start to go get back on the path of becoming the man that, that God designed you to be, desires you to be, and that's where you find the joy you're looking for in your life. Well, you're talking about the narrow road, you yeah. know, being a place because if you think about a narrow path, anyone's been on there, you know, there's loose rocks, you know, the footings, you know, it's not worn down, right? It's yeah. not like clear path, and there's brambles and whatever. Like the the life pleasures try to reach at you and scrape your you know your legs and stuff like that. You fall down, bruise your palm. Yeah, that is an that's now we all do that. You know, we all work. Like I said, perfection is something we work towards, knowing that we're doing the best we can. Yeah, and that's what that is. Is is like always choosing to live rightly, always choosing to 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 to, to ask what more I can do. Yeah. I mean, when the best way Christian and I are in our relationship is, I always make sure what can I do for you. Yeah, I mean, those are some magic words in a relationship, right? I mean, sure, if you sure. say that all the time in friendships as well. You see your buddy struggling, and you're and and you go, "Hey, man, what can I do for you?" I mean, those are some amazing words of like, just like, like almost like the Good Samaritan lifting up that man, you know, yeah. the road. Um, if someone hasn't said that to you, you know, we're asking you, what can we do for you? Sure. You know, and, and write to us, talk to us, because, you know, John, I mean, you're, we're going around and, and we're, we're, we're showing what people they probably didn't know existed 
in the church because we, we hear from the early church, you know, how, how they worked with each other, how they loved yeah. each other, how were they the accountable, men, accountable, stuff, yeah. accountable to each other. Yeah. And, and we're trying to instill that back into our par- parishes and our churches and, and know that there's a group of men wherever you are that want that. And then that's what that's what we're trying to do is to build, kinda, each, other up, to build yeah. each other up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, guys, I mean, look, listen to this episode. I know this is going to hit home with people because it hits home with me. And I, it, guys always write in or say something to me when we're out at events about this very thing. And I get it more than I do a lot of other things is how do I how do I move forward? I keep falling back into the same place. And Guys, there's three options, like we said. Blame's not going to get you anywhere. Uh, It's going to get you in a lot worse trouble than anything, really. Then self-condemnation, all you're doing is giving the devil, uh, you know, the key to your jail cell and and having having him lock you in there. And the only other option that works is holding yourself accountable. And so, you know, guys sit here and we look, and for years it's like being a man's being tough and just finding a way and, you know, go home and pound those 10 beers because it's you're just toughing it through and people don't know what you got to deal with and blah, blah, blah. Or you're, you know, just going to porn to relax or you're doing this. And people go, that's being a tough man, man, just putting your head down and then using this other stuff to medicate on the side. Being a tough man is willing to say, you know what, I'm going to do the hard things. Right, that's where it's tough. Like toughness is found in I'm going to do whatever it takes to choose the good, not only for myself but for my family and for those that I love. More importantly, and so that's the call of a Christian is to live that life of discipleship, to choose Jesus and to choose God and what they want and the path they've set before us instead of the other one. And the only way you can do that is if you start agreeing to hold yourself to a level of accountability that you haven't before. Right, and that that involves, as Victor said, other men. It's not just about yourself because you'll fail if you just try to do it yourself. It's about finding those relationships and walking with other people and accompanying each other so that you can be that source of accountability for one another. The two, you know, the two, like Jesus sent them out two by two. Two walking together are always going to have a better shot than one person doing it alone. So that's why we want to come to your parish. That's why we want you to share this episode. That's why we want you to subscribe to all this stuff so you can share this message with other people that you know it will help so that we can bring everybody closer to Jesus. That's what we're trying to do at the end of the day. And so we love your support. We thank you for listening. Uh, Victor, thank you for another good show today. Folks, thank you for listening. We're going to take all this to prayer because ultimately we can't do anything uh, that we've talked about today or anything we've ever talked about without the grace of God being poured out over us. So, Victor, let's pray for that right now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, life is hard and we don't always make the best decisions or the right choices. More often than not, we choose to blame others or condemn ourselves in those difficult moments. Help us to see that those are not the only choices on the table. And Father, whenever we find ourselves laying on the mat after another bad choice, remind us that life isn't about the fall, it's about choosing to get back up, learning from our mistakes, and running right back to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.